Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Indiana Sports Beat coming to you from the Golf Club at Eagle Point Studios on this Tuesday. I cannot believe it. Uh, we made it through uh, Monday, September 15th. It's midway through the month already. My gosh, Kevin Brockway is here. Kevin, how are you, sir? Good. I think that late, it's kind of that late Labor Day that makes it seem like it's deeper into the month than what it is. But uh, we're still waiting for football to see if it's going to happen. I think that's the main thing. Uh, you know, kind of like uh, the Pope waiting for the smoke to come out of the Big Ten office. Exactly. Right? <laughs> Where's the poof of white smoke coming out of uh, the, the big house up in uh, Chicago? Uh, Mike DeCourcy, speaking of the big house, Mike DeCourcy from the Sporting News. Uh, of course, he's an analyst for the BTN Network at Fox as well will be joining us. We'll talk more about the Big Ten. Where are we uh, as we continue to wait for the chancellors and presidents to make the vote again, uh, which – I personally, I think, Kevin, they have to make it, give it the optics that they're doing all this new things and changing. Oh, we're going to have our minds changed with all this new information, although really not that much new information. Well, I think, too, they want they want all their P's and Q's lined up so that the vote can go the way they want it. I think the medical committee, Barry Alvarez, I think that's the other issue, too, is that they really I think they realize they have one crack at this. And they want to make sure that all the information is presented in a way uh, where, uh, you know, the, the people that have the football interests, the interest in restarting, uh, can get to vote the way they want. I think that's another issue, too. And I think that's why maybe they're doing their due diligence on this or trying to present as much as possible. Because don't forget, you've got to convince, you know, uh, a bunch of presidents that uh, that this is feasible going forward, even though we are seeing around the country other teams play football. And, um, you know, there is there is the economic impact, too. I mean, there's the human toll impact, obviously, but there's also the economic impact. And I, I think there's a lot for people to weigh there. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we, we but I did. I read something yesterday. Michigan has been a, a big hindrance in this. The, the chancellor at Michigan, uh, we've heard that they that person had not even seen the football facilities. But uh, I read something yesterday that their chancellor is now embattled because there are multiple fires on their campus. And by fires, I mean issues on their campus that, that he's trying to deal with. And, and the football has become so big and they did not expect the backlash. But now Michigan, who was not expected to be able to play, is expected to their vote to go their way if, when this vote comes around. So that's a big change because the Michigan schools were not expected to be participating initially, but uh, that seems to be changing. Yeah, and, you know, Michigan is a football state. I mean, it's one of the bell cows of the Big Ten in terms of tradition and history. Uh, particularly the University of Michigan, uh, the Michigan-Ohio State rivalry. We know how much, you know, that means to the conference in terms of its visibility. 
So that public pressure, I think, is starting to weigh uh, on the presidents uh, and administrators within that state. And the fact that they're playing high school football there, too, I think is, is a big thing. Um, Indiana, you know, they're playing high school football here. Uh, Notre Dame is playing up the road. So it's, um, you know, we got March, you know, uh, I think uh, President Daniels up at Purdue and President McRobbie here are two, you know, that, uh, uh, you know, might be swayed with regards to that because maybe they're seeing it work here in that retrospect. Well, you'd certainly hope. I mean, the the testing for the football program was very successful, highly, much more successful than the Greek system on IU's campus. And there, so that's an issue. Look at Texas Tech. I know they're not in the Big Ten Conference, but they're one of the conferences that are playing. But currently, they just had five more players test positive, but that's not the number. It is 75 since June for Texas Tech. But 69 of those guys have already been cleared, so they're good to go for the next three months. So they're all good for football season. Uh, but now then you've got to worry about the myocarditis, if there's any issues with that and all that stuff there. So, But uh, – what the heck happened there? I turned my phone onto a highlight somehow. Well, but, you know, we got to, you know, there, there is that concern. Like you said, the long-term health effects, that a lot of things that we do not know about at this point in terms of uh, what can happen with regards to uh, this virus. And uh, I think that's, I think that's, that's something, Jim, that uh, we've got to, uh, you know, uh, maybe, you know, concern ourselves with uh, long-term uh, in terms of, uh, you know, what could those effects be? Um, so I think there's a lot for the conference to sort out. Um, you know, certainly the other aspect is herd immunity, right? Texas Tech probably uh, has a bunch of guys that, you know, won't recatch it. Um, but I think the other issue, too, is with regards to the schedule, if they start October, you know, 10th or October 17th or October 24th, you're not leaving much wiggle room if there's an outbreak. I think that's another big concern, too, in terms of, you know, moving games around. You're just going to have to press forward and hope for the best. NBA returns tonight as the Miami Heat and the Celtics open up their series. Uh, that begins at 6.30. Boston's a, a two-point favorite in that game. The Clippers and the Nuggets will follow at 9. That's game seven right there, baby. That's for the marbles. Who you got in that game? Uh, let's see. The Clips are a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, the Clippers have been favored to win that series. I don't. No one expected it to go seven, I think. But, uh, I mean, I would go with the Clippers. But, Actually, the underdogs have Boston beat Toronto. Uh, Milwaukee got upset. So, uh, are the Clippers the next to go down? I um, I well, I, it's hard to bet against Kawhi Leonard, right? You know, and Doc Rivers is a pretty you know, seasoned something. coach. Um, so I like the Clippers. I think they're on a mission to play the Lakers, uh, and I think that's going to be a great series. It's just a shame. Oh, mission from God. Not in L.A., which is. Uh, you know, uh, got all that uh, forest fire smoke at the moment. Although you know the game is indoors, but. Uh, uh, you know, I think a Clippers-Lakers uh, conference finals would be epic. So I think they're going to be motivated to do it. Um, I do like Luka Jokic, you know what I mean? He's a tough guy inside. But uh, I think at the end of the day, uh, the Clippers find a way to get it done. Absolutely. And then uh, with some other news in college basketball, you said that you're you're hearing what November 21st is a potential start date. That's kind of, I mean, that's what – I've been seeing, but something else is we've been wondering about the Maui Classic because Indiana is participating in that this year. Obviously, that's not going to be taking place on the Big Island, uh, moving it back to mainland, and not only just to the mainland, all the way back 
here to either Indianapolis or potentially Asheville, North Carolina. And before we started, I asked, why Asheville? Because Indianapolis, obviously, is such a hub of everything, centerizing, Chablis there, you know, you got the hotels, they, they've hosted so many things. I've never, ho- does Asheville even host NCAA sites? I'm sure they yeah, have. No, usually, usually it's Greensboro, but apparently a couple right. of, of factors with Asheville, apparently they have a, a very large medical center that's near the arena for testing. And also, I think the North Carolina and Davidson factor, the fact that you have two teams in that field are within the state of North Carolina as opposed to Indiana just having one you'd have less travel involved Alabama also is maybe a little closer to North Carolina than it is to Indiana that's another issue there are a lot of there's some southern teams too so I Eli think Lilly is one, one of the largest drug manufacturers in the world it's about six blocks from Bankers or from yeah Bankers Life Fieldhouse yeah well, I like it, and you know, St. Vincent's across the street, but I don't know, you know, if they could line up anchors like Fieldhouse or if they would do something else. I mean, that's the other issue too. Like, what gyms could they line up, or would they do? Well, you'd have or? multiple options. That's another thing with Indianapolis. Yeah. You've got, uh, you've got Hinkle. You, you've got the uh, Bankers Life. You've got. Well, I mean, you wouldn't want to lo- use uh, Lucas Oil, but there's just so many basketball yeah. facilities. Heck, you've got high school gyms that are bigger than some of the gyms that these, some of these colleges play in. Yeah, and I'm sure you could find one near a medical facility. I mean, I'm sure it would work too. Um, but I'm, this is just what I'm hearing right now, that Asheville, North Carolina is the favorite at the moment. But that could change. So uh, it would be nice. It would be a lot easier uh, for our purposes, right, for it to be uh, just a road. Would be nicer. <laughs> Asheville, North Carolina, I looked it up. It's about a seven-hour drive. So uh, you have to go down to Nashville and shoot over on I-40 and into that um, – it is, in, at least in the western part of the state of Carolina, so you're not traveling all the way to the coast. So. Yeah, we've gotten lazy now that with the thought of having to make a road trip to cover something. Like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Uh, I've gotten really comfortable not having to go anywhere for the last six months. But, uh, yeah, no, looking forward to it, really, to, to be able to do that. But uh, also news, and uh, I think I mentioned Logan Duncan, uh, biggest climber in the Rivals 150, the new, the, uh, new numbers came out. He's up to number 88. Uh, he is a legit four-star. Archie Miller is, is on the precipice of a gigantic class. If uh, Right, I saw that uh, Trey Kaufman moved up about five or six spots. I think he's around number 32 or three now. You've got uh, Mason Miller in there. I think he's in the 60s. Uh, if he can get that class, man, it's going to be a monster class. Yeah, and I'm sure Blake Wesley, you know, too, is another guy that uh... – they're probably kind of yeah. I don't see him coming I, in I on a little him. bit, but Mason Miller would be a would be a great get. You know, certainly his his dad, Mike Miller, who uh, you know uh, was uh, was a heck of a player in Florida back in the day. Hard to believe that's twenty years ago uh, that he helped lead the Gators to a Final Four to an NCAA championship game against Michigan State in two thousand. Um, and uh, the, the son apparently is a versatile talent, very similar to the dad. You know, in terms of a. Uh, uh, kind of a kind of a combo forward that brings a lot to the table in terms of skill level. So uh, that would be a really strong get for uh, Archie as well. Absolutely, looking forward to that. And then uh, we saw some power rankings come out, Big Ten power rankings. Uh, we talked about a little bit about those. Andy Katz uh, and Rothstein both had Indiana in the seventh spot, which to me, we it's a tough Big Ten this year. It's a really tough Big Ten. Let's don't kid ourselves, but. Man, you got to step up there. And seventh is to me is that's just average. Yeah, it is a strong Big Ten. Now seven, you know, could get you in the top twenty-five nationally. I mean, that's how good the Big Ten is. Um, but 
you would like to see a little bit. I think if you're Indiana, you would like to see with, with Trey Jackson Davis coming back, you would like to see a little bit more of a jump, a higher jump within the standings. Now, um, a lot of people are high on Rutgers, uh, obviously based on what they did last year. Uh, Geo Baker is a, he's a, you know, I call him Geo Baker, the big shot maker, man. He makes yeah. big plays at the end of the game, Ron Harper Jr. Uh, you've got a lot going on there. They, they've got a lot of guys returning. They play really tough and rugged under Steve Peichel. Um, so that's one of the teams that's ahead of Indiana at the moment. But you never know the weight of expectations uh, this year as opposed to last year when you streak out, you know, at a program that's really a non-traditional winner. Um, you don't know. But I think when you look at the top three, I mean, we saw Wisconsin, uh, you know, uh, sweep Indiana twice last year. Um, including the last game of the season at Assembly Hall, which I thought was still a winnable game for Indiana that last game. But, I mean, they were pretty rugged uh, at the end of the year. Iowa, you've got Luke Garza, you know, the potential National Player of the Year coming back. They've got a lot coming back. I'll be honest with you, I don't think nationally that the, the national pundits are giving Archie Miller any respect uh, from a coaching standpoint yet. I mean, I don't think that the, his – Coaching is is put, pushing him up. I mean, I, I think if they had a little more respect for him, then Indiana would be in sixth or the fifth spot. But I think that's part of the reason why they're still down there is because they have not seen Indiana do anything like they saw Dayton when Archie was there. Uh, it, they're waiting for Indiana to do something, I think, before they, they buy into to this program. Well, I think also your two most talented players are still one's a sophomore and one's a freshman. And they are, you know... Had Trace come out on the draft this year, maybe he would have been a borderline first-round pick, but it was he a lottery pick? No. So, um, you know, and, and Christian Lander reclassified. So there are questions about that in terms of his. And it, it's still, Jim, it comes down to the guard play, I think. You know, the guard play has to raise its level. I mean, you look at this team, last in the Big Ten last year in assisted turnover ratio, handling the ball, getting the ball up against pressure, um, shooting, you know, was a little better last year, but still – not you know you still don't really have a, a knock you know a knockdown three-point shooter on this team you know Al Durham was okay but he wasn't the guy that could go on four or five six around last year Devontae Green had his moments uh but it was about one out of every five games and now he's gone too so you have to replace that and we'll see maybe some of these young guards step up maybe a guy like Anthony Leal becomes that kind of shooter to replace a Devontae Green where he can have some nights where he can go on some flurries and be like a, a CJ Frederick type uh, that can, uh, you know, hit a few three-pointers in a row. I can tell you one thing. This particular freshman class may be impacted physically more so than any of the others that have come in. I know we all see these pictures and go up, and every year we, they do it, uh, working them out, Coach Cliff Marshall. But, man, this particular group seems to have really developed physically more so than any of the other classes. Um, so well, we'll you know, Leal and I think I think Leal and Galloway are both really thick guards. I mean, they're they are like big, strong people. Even in high school, when you looked at their bodies, you were pretty impressed. I think Lander is a guy that's going to be interesting. Like you're going to have to put some weight on him as well. I think that's going to be a guy that uh, you're going to have to really get to develop physically uh, in order for him to, uh, you know, have that really effective first season. But we all know he's got great speed on his hands. And you know, really one of the most athletic people on the team already from what I'm hearing is Jordan Geronimo. You know, the 40-inch vertical leap. Um, he's got a great body, the wingspan. Uh, he's another guy that I think is going to be really intriguing and interesting uh, to see, uh, you know, if he can, you know, take that swingman role. You know, he and Jerome Hunter are going to be competing for that. He's the guy I'm looking for because I think he's got a 
not a chip on his shoulder, but he's the outsider of sorts, and uh, he's going to want to come in and make a difference. Hey, we got to get to a break. We've got the great Mike DeCourcy from Sporting News joining us next. You're listening to Indiana Sports Beat Radio, coming to you from the Golf Club at Eagle Point Studios. We're back with Mike DeCourcy right after this. Hello, everybody. Jim Coyle from Indiana Sports Beat. When I'm not covering the Hoosiers, you can find me at Bubba's 33 in Clarksville, located on the northeast corner of I-65 at Veterans Parkway. Bubba's 33 has hand-tossed pizzas, bold burgers, and ice-cold beer from a select list of local craft brewers. An incredible food selection, all made fresh daily. Whether you're meeting the team for that post-win meal in the family dining area or meeting friends for happy hour to watch the game on one of Bubba's 50 TVs, Bubba's 33 in Clarksville. Pizza, burgers, beer. We all want a winning smile for those championship photos, and that's exactly what you will get at Reynolds Family Dentistry in Sellersburg. Reynolds Family Dentistry has been serving the dental needs of Hoosier families for over 30 years. Let doctors Roger and Jay Reynolds take care of your family. Just off of I-65 at 809 South Indiana Avenue in Sellersburg. Call 812-246-3368. That's Reynolds Family Dentistry, 812-246-3368. Now that warm weather has arrived, it's time to hit the links, and there's no better place than the golf club at Eagle Point in Bloomington. Voted best golf course by the readers of the Bloomington Herald Times, the golf club at Eagle Point is under new ownership, has new fairways and bunkers, and it's open to the public. When the round's over, there's cold beer and a full menu at the Eagle Point Pub and Bistro. Call 812-824-1100 to make a tea time. That's 812-824-1100. The golf club at Eagle Point in Bloomington. This is Jim Coyle from Indiana Sports Beat with Coyle and Leary. Indiana Sports Beat is now a part of the Rivals Network. You can go to thehoosier.com to sign up. It's free. Catch the show there each day live or at your convenience. You can also like or follow us on Facebook, follow the show's rebroadcast, anywhere you podcast. If we're not on a radio station where you live, we should be. Let your local station know they need to carry Indiana Sports Beat with Coyle and Leary or simply go to thehoosier.com. Some of the best sounds you'll ever hear are generic, safe, effective, even money-saving, just like FDA-approved generic drugs. Even if they don't come in the exact same color or shape as their brand name equivalents, they have the same key ingredients and go through a rigorous review process. Talk to your doctor or pharmacist today and visit fda.gov slash generic drugs. Generics are safe, effective, and can save you money. You'll like the sound of that. Today's guest is brought to you by Bubba's 33 in Clarksville with hand-tossed pizzas, bold burgers, and ice-cold beer. Pizza, burgers, beer. Bubba's 33 in Clarksville. Welcome back to Indiana Sports Beat Radio coming to you from the Golf Club at Eagle Point Studios here on this Tuesday. Now joined by one of our absolute favorites, the man who is going to walk to Chicago and straighten all this mess out. Mike DeCourcy joins us. <laughs> exactly. How Mike, how are you doing? How you, you got some great stories. Uh, well, I figured you were on vacation last week. You're all rested up, so you're the best guy we got for this fight. So we're going to send you to Chicago. <laughs> there you go. Uh, it, it is an interesting situation. There's no question about that. And it's a very complicated situation, uh, much more so than maybe some of uh, the critics on on all sides of this debate have acknowledged it's, there's a lot of layers to it, and you know, so it used 
uh, on, and I, I, I think I think the fact that they're taking the time that they are to figure it out is a wise thing, uh, rather than you know it's frustrating to news people uh, and sometimes fans. They want everything to happen on their time schedule, but I think it's a, I think it's realistic to take your time and work through what your concerns are and try to figure out what the best approach is. Yeah, it's uh, it's a situation now where we're so deep into it that uh, you really you can't rush. I mean, I've made fun of them a little bit, saying that they almost have to drag their feet a little bit for the optics point of it. But this deep end, you, you can't rush now because you've already committed to to what you've committed to, and uh, you can't just jump out of it. But hopefully, that does turn around with the new testing, and uh, it seems like everything is heading in a positive direction. I've seen reports that I think some of the presidents look like they may be changing their vote, but we don't know any of that. None of us know anything uh, until it happens. To be honest with you, yeah, that's true. Uh, it's you know I, I've seen so many reports, uh, you know, speculating about who's in, who's out, who's you know who's against who's not, and I, I don't think that we really have a good handle on any of that. It, it's it, it, A lot of the speculation has come from a particular source, and, and, this, and the, that source has not been right very often to date, uh, so we'll see how it goes, uh, but I, I do think we'll have an answer before the end of the week about about the uh, the nature of, of the Big Ten football season for 2020 slash 2021 question mark uh, and then yeah. uh, we, I, I'm, I'm certain we'll have some degree of certainty uh, relative to the NCAA's basketball approach and that that they have they have said that they'll have a, an announcement by the end of the week so uh, I think it would be helpful Big Ten wise for there to be a resolution on the football front before basketball makes its announcements before the NCAA does. Yeah, I was going to ask, how much have they learned from the debacle of, of football with for basketball to keep everything so they don't uh, have those kind of issues with that sport because that is just as big, uh, if not bigger, coming up just because it, it, we didn't get it last year and everyone is anticipating it so much. You know, I think it's, I think it's a slightly different enterprise in basketball because the NCAA tournament is going to happen. Uh, unless, I mean, I say that as, you know, as, as in the sun is going to come up tomorrow. I mean, there are certain events uh, that can preclude either of those two from happening, but uh, the, the, I, there's, there's a high degree of certainty on, on the sun coming up tomorrow, and there's a high degree of certainty on the NCAA tournament being contested in 2021. Now, I can't Say for certain that it'll be contested in March, although it seems to be leaning that way. I can say for certain that it, all, all, it would take an extraordinary convergence of circumstances uh, to, to eliminate it from happening in 2021. So the difference being that the Big Ten stage a third stage, theoretically, a lucrative and successful football season in, let's say, November to to February or January to March or whatever window turns out to be ideal if they indeed were to go in that direction. Whereas to stage a basketball season that would not end in the, in the NCAA tournament would not be productive. I mean, it, the basketball season has to end in the NCAA tournament. If it doesn't, then it, 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 it's not, you know, it's not the same. Whereas in football, uh, 
you play you play football games. The, the bowl games are nice, but they're you know not essential. The championship is cool, but it's not really a championship to be all to, to be honest. It's not really a true tournament. Uh, it's it's a you know it's an invitational. But the NCAA basketball championship is the deal. I mean, you have to be involved in that if you're playing college hoops. So there is a difference in circumstance between the two sports. I've got Kevin Brockway sitting with us today as well. Mike, uh, want to let my, uh, Kevin get in here. Mike, I'm hearing from a rather strong source that November 21st is going to be the start date. Are you hearing anything along the same lines, or could it be sooner? From- Basketball. College basketball. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what that's that seems to be the. I'm not exactly sure why the 21st. Um, I but I, I that seems to be where we're headed. I, I I would have thought that they would orient more toward um, just doing a Thanksgiving weekend. I'm not exactly sure why they feel compelled to 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 play on the 21st. And and honestly, I don't really understand you know, what the value is in delaying 11 days. I don't know exactly what that's about. It'll be interesting to hear what um, you know, what sort of uh, explanations there are when they when, when they finally make an announcement. Uh, I, why, you know, what, what the value is in delaying 11 days. I don't, I don't get it. Um, I, I don't see how that helps anything. Uh, I can see where you, if you wait to Thanksgiving, the, the difference, the value there, is that at that point you know the campus is clear uh, you in terms of students and so it does change the circumstance uh, you know that uh, that it's, a, it's you've got a lot of uh, major tournaments scheduled for that weekend uh, that all although they may be moved geographically uh, still you know make a competitive difference in your sport so we'll see what their explanation for why they want to do the 21st uh, as a, you know which is a which is, for those who don't have a calendar Andy, that's the that's a penultimate saturday in november so we'll see why they want to do that but I, i'm not really sure i understand what the approach is there and we've also got the uh, some of the events that are going on preseason or pre pre uh, season events like the Maui Classic that we're waiting to see what happens with that talks of moving that to uh, Indianapolis or potentially Asheville North Carolina of course I would prefer Indianapolis <laughs> not to travel so much but uh, it'd be yeah, interesting to I, see I, I uh, I, yeah you'd have sure to just go down the street media, yeah I'm not sure what the media uh, assignments would be for that whether they'd allow us in the building or whatever but um, it'd be, if, if, if so it'd be great to have that here uh Bankers Life would be a great venue for it, and you know it would it would obviously be a big time. You know, it, it, even though the building might be empty, it would still be a big time atmosphere uh, for you know for the players in which to compete. And honestly, if they did, you know, if they did allow fans, um, you could put <laughs> this is this is interesting. You could put as many fans as would ordinarily attend the Maui Invitational into into bankers' life and and have them socially distanced. I mean, how about that? Think about that. I mean, because I've been in Maui, man, and it, it's by the way, it is an awesome trip. Uh, the Maui is beautiful, and the tournament is really cool. If you ever get a chance to go, and I know Kevin's sitting here as I say this, saying, "Dang, I'm gonna miss that this year." Uh, it, it, it it's a pretty cool trip, but it, it's a tight little gym when you're out there. So the 22 or 2300 fans or whatever it is. 
uh, they could be at Banker's Life and, and have plenty of room to spare. Yeah, Kevin, you're on. You're in for that too, right? Well, I don't know about CNHI's budget. You know, it was uh, I don't know if they they would have even approved that anyway. But at least now I won't. Uh, I'll find out if I'm not disappointed or not with regards to that. <laughs> um, they might they might spring for Asheville if if it ends up in Asheville. We'll see. So, Mike, how have you been spending your summer? We we haven't had sports. All you just got I mentioned is got off a little vacation but really other than that it, it's been for us uh is trying to stay busy creating content when it, when it hasn't been sports luckily we've had a lot of that come back uh the nba has been really good to follow the it's been fun to watch to be honest with you and it's given us a little bit of reprieve but not as much i'm missing football so much or at least big 10 football you know jim i obviously i i it's it's uh disappointing to not be able to watch uh some of the in some degree of the college football that we all appreciate but one, one of the things that I've learned that I've watched, uh, really starting with the Bundesliga in Germany back in May and then falling all the way through to last night when the Steelers started their season, is, uh, you know, uh, people keep pounding over my head how much the crowd is missing. And I keep watching and I'm like, yeah, it, you know, it, it's cool and all that and it's, it's neat. But the game has always been what matters most to me. And I've had that reinforced more than ever. I mean, when I'm when I'm watching teams that I care about, and you know, I mean, I, I think people who follow me know that, that the, the Steelers are one, you know, Liverpool soccer. When I watch the teams I care about, I am not paying any attention to the stands at all. I mean, it doesn't matter to me. I, I, I care about whether my team is doing the things that I need to do to win a game. That's all. I, 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 I you know, every game I watch now. I feel like the analysis feel it, it, a, a requisite to apologize or, you know, uh, I think apology is the right word for the absence of fans in the stands. And I don't feel that. I, as, as, a, as a consumer, I don't feel I need the apology. I mean, I just, I never watch the game. And, I, you know, I, when, when the game is going on, I really don't notice this, the fans in the stands being absent. I suppose that I might change least. if yeah. I were in the building, but as a consumer at home, I am laser focused on the games themselves and what's happening. Yeah, in the beginning, I was you put your mind, you set yourself up for that. But once I started watching, like even with baseball, where you can really see that they're empty a lot more so. But I was watching the football game last night, and I had no idea that there was nobody there because they. They've got the noise pumped in. There is some people there, but it, it, I couldn't tell. I was just watching the product on the field, and it was the same as always, and that's what I was watching. And So, yeah, I had noticed nothing last night when I was watching the NFL game. Yeah, and so I think that – Like, 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 Will, we still there? Try now. All right. We're back. I don't know what happened there. What that was weird. I don't know. Mike, are you still with us? I think we may have lost him, but uh, 
Kevin, can you hear me all right? Yeah, I'm fine. Uh, I don't know what good. happened with that. That was the weirdest thing. That has never, ever happened. That, that was crazy. Uh, like an alien came down. But uh, The echo enjoy- chamber. Yeah, it was weird. I uh, enjoyed talking to Mikey. Uh, we lost him there, but uh, I don't know what happened with that. That was crazy. But yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, everything coming up. I just want some normalcy to return. But Big Ten football, again, I, even with what they do and can come in, I don't know how are they going to mitigate the effects of next season. They, they still are not answering that. Are they going to plan to play? Are they going to try to get this season in this year, you think, Kevin, in this calendar year? I think they are because I think, as you mentioned, that, you know, the mitigation for next year in terms of bodies, but I think more importantly, I think the NFL draft too. I think that really plays into this too. Like you can't tell Justin Fields to start a season in January. He's just not going to do it. Um, And there's so many guys that are just going to want to get ready for the draft. We've already seen Sean Wade uh, uh, earlier this week uh, decide to, uh, you know, uh, bypass the season, Pat Fryermuth, and you're going to see a lot more guys do that if they decide a Thanksgiving season, maybe, you know, starting at Thanksgiving or even starting in January. Um, I think you're going to see uh, that aspect in terms of, uh, you know, um, them deciding to, uh, you know, uh, bypass and, and prepare prepare for the NFL draft. Um, and then it's going to water down your product when you don't have some of the best players that are going to be out there. We got a lot more coming up. Uh, we got to hit a break. You're listening to Indiana Sports Beat coming to you from the Golf Club at Eagle Point Studios. We're back with more right after this. Hello, everybody. Jim Coyle from Indiana Sports Beat. When I'm not covering the Hoosiers, you can find me at Bubba's 33 in Clarksville, located on the northeast corner of I 65 at Veterans Parkway. Bubba's 33 has hand tossed pizzas, bold burgers, and ice cold beer from a select list of local craft brewers. An incredible food selection, all made fresh daily. Whether you're meeting the team for that post-win meal in the family dining area or meeting friends for happy hour to watch the game on one of Bubba's 50 TVs, Bubba's 33 in Clarksville. Pizza, burgers, beer. We all want a winning smile for those championship photos, and that's exactly what you will get at Reynolds Family Dentistry in Sellersburg. Reynolds Family Dentistry right, 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 Let doctors Roger and Jay Reynolds take care of your that's Reynolds Family Dentistry. Now that warm weather has arrived, it's time to hit the links, and there's no better place than the golf club at Eagle Point in Bloomington. Voted best golf course by the readers of the Bloomington Herald Times, the golf club at Eagle Point is under new ownership, has new fairways and bunkers, and it's open to the public. When the round's over, there's cold beer and a full menu at the Eagle Point Pub and Bistro. Call 812-824-1100 to make a tea time. That's 812-824-1100. The golf club at Eagle Point in Bloomington. This is Jim Coyle from Indiana Sports Beat with Coyle and Leary. Indiana Sports Beat is now a part of the Rivals Network. You can go to thehoosier.com to sign up. It's free. Catch the show there each day live or at your convenience. You can also like or follow us on Facebook, follow the show's rebroadcast, anywhere you podcast. If we're not on a radio station where you live, we should be. Let your local station know they need to carry Indiana Sports Beat with Coyle and Leary or simply go to thehoosier.com. Some of the best sounds you'll ever hear are generic, safe, effective, 
even money saving, just like FDA approved generic drugs. Even if they don't come in the exact same color or shape as their brand name equivalents, they have the same key ingredients and go through a rigorous review process. Talk to your doctor or pharmacist today and visit FDA.gov slash generic drugs. Generics are safe, effective, and can save you money. You'll like the sound of that. This segment is brought to you by Bubba's 33 in Clarksville. Pizza, burgers, beer. Welcome back to Indiana Sports Beat Radio. Coming to you from the Gotham Point Studios. Here on this Tuesday, Kevin Brockway sitting in with us. Going to talk to Chronic Hoosier in a little bit. Kevin, we're looking forward to uh, getting some – the high schools have been fun. You said you got out uh, – did you get out to see the North-South football game? Yeah, what a crazy game. Uh, and I got out to see Aaron Steinfeld. But, you know, I've rarely seen this in a high school game. I'm sure you've seen this. We're talking this, about Bloomington uh, North and Bloomington South. Bloomington North and Bloomington South, the city game. Rarely seen this in a high school game. But uh, what was uh, what was kind of crazy was – I mean, Bloomington North looked like they had the game in hand. 37-24, about 40, 30 seconds left. Bloomington South – Scores a touchdown, recovers an onside kick, throws a 40-yard touchdown pass with about 10 seconds left to tie the score. But the kids come out on the field, so they have to back up the extra point 15 yards. The kid clanks the extra point up the upright, so it goes in overtime. Uh, but Bloomington South prevails in the o- overtime. Bloomington South got the ball first, scored a touchdown. Bloomington North stuffed at the one-yard line. Um, and there was a kid with a broken leg. Uh, during the overtime session, too, sadly, uh, and they had to wait for an ambulance. So it was a game ended about an hour later than uh, potentially it should have. But Aaron Steinfeld, um, you know, looked pretty good run blocking, two couches for 48 yards. He had a big 30-yard catch on a touchdown drive for Bloomington North in the fourth quarter, and I had a chance to talk to him, and he was just really talking about, you know, being a more complete tight end, you know, run blocking, pass blocking, doing those kind of little things. And Bloomington North, uh, honestly, they ran the ball a lot. So that's why, you know, Steinfeld's, uh, you know, numbers weren't really gaudy, but he did kind of make a big catch in the second half when it counted. Really nice leaping up when it catch. So it looks like he's got some potential there. Yeah, Bloomington North has been looked at as a team that the, they thought that was going to have a great, great year. And, man, it's, it's hadn't gone their way so far, but uh, we've seen that way for a few other teams. Uh, but looking forward to this week. Tomorrow, we'll have Kyle Nedrip on with us. And so we'll get caught up with what went on last week and what's coming up this week. And I think this is week – is this week four in high school football already? It's crazy. I think this is week four. Uh, you talk about flying by. That's nuts. Uh, but, yeah, we're already uh, – so that puts us, what, a third of the way through the high school season already. Yeah, no. And, uh, you know, I've, I've, got a, I've had a chance to go out to a few high school football games the last couple of weeks. And I saw, you know, Donovan McCauley the week before. And – uh I, I've been really impressed at the level of football. You know, I came from Florida, so uh, maybe my expectations were low, thinking that, you know, because of you know, the, the level of high school football in Florida being really high. Um, but I think that they, you know, execute really well here, pass the ball, throw the ball, um, good blocking, um, a lot more wide open offense, I think, up here uh, than you even see in the South, where it's more kind of like three yards of a cloud of dust uh, kind of offenses down there. Yeah, I think sports in general over the last several years, we've seen all sports in so many different places elevate because now you've got all these travel teams, you've got all these training facilities of different sorts all over the place, indoor facilities. I mean, this this stuff was not around when we were, at least when I was a kid, 
they, they didn't have these kind of training facilities. This, sports wasn't a business per se in that regard when I was younger. It was a business just as a sport, but there are so many businesses off of sports now, training being one of the biggest one of those. But I think that that alone has helped elevate places like Indiana that, that may not have been known for football, but man, it produces some talent where you're talking about Rex Grossman who went to Florida down in your neck of the woods or, or plenty of other great talent uh, out of the state. Uh, so, but yeah, I think it's made a big difference. Yeah. And I mean, I think the basketball has always been there, right? I mean, it's always been traditionally a basketball state in terms of the skill level and the passion and what people really care about the most here. But I, I've been impressed with the level of football, particularly the level of skill, uh, you know, the ability to, to pass and to catch um, and uh, physicality too uh, is, is here. You know, you, you do have a few big kids around, you know, maybe just not the, the big fast kids you have down south i think that's the main thing uh yeah i'm looking forward to that as i'm trying to get uh trying to get chronic on this morning uh, i think we're having an issue with that so we'll look forward to getting him on here in a little bit but uh this this weekend what games are you looking forward to watching what's the nba coming up tonight uh, we talked about that earlier but there's a game seven of course the clippers and the nuggets that series hasn't been all that intriguing for me particularly but uh it's a game seven so it should be good yeah and you know uh you got miami louisville this weekend in college uh football that's going to be a big uh game uh you know uh first acc game for miami and uh we will get to see louisville in year two what kind of progress that uh, uh they've made that's going to be uh, a, a fairly interesting game and then you've got uh, the heat uh Celtics uh, coming up uh, the series, which, uh, uh, you know, I think it's going to be uh, fascinating, get a chance to see if, you know, Brad Stevens can kind of get over the hump, the former Butler coach, and get into the NBA Finals. Yeah, looking forward to that. Uh, I wonder if Romeo Langford to get any playing time. I know he probably hasn't gotten a lot, but just the experience of them being not only in this playoffs, but making this playoff run, got to be invaluable for guys like that. Yeah, you know, Romeo is a guy that's uh, been kind of a defensive specialist. He's come in here and there, and he's, uh, you know, uh, done some good things. So uh, I think that, uh, you know, uh, as, as far as the playoffs are concerned, uh, you know, OJ Onobi, you know, obviously hit the uh, hit the OG, hit a big shot. Uh, uh, you know, unfortunately, the Raptors are out of it. But um, we saw a lot of good performances. Eric Gordon uh, was a guy who uh, – you know, was, uh, you know, had a, had a pretty good run at the series. And uh, Victor Oladipo obviously uh, played pretty well as well. So you had some guys uh, from Indiana that uh, represented the school really well in the NBA playoffs. Yeah, it was amazing to me the the amount. Uh, seems like almost all of Indiana's players were in the playoffs. Uh, they virtually made them all. But So it's been a good run. Looking forward to seeing that uh, end up. And uh, looking forward to talking to Crowning Hoosier as uh, I think we – Missed him last week. Chronic, how's it going, brother? Hey, brother, how's it going? How you been? Uh, what's new with Chronic? Yeah, it's uh, it's been a very, very stressing thing for all of us. We had Mike DeCorsi on earlier, but finally we're getting to the point where I'm, 
I know they can't rush the decision, but you almost have to rush the decision. They have to make sure that the, from an optic standpoint, they don't look like they rushed because they changed their mind and this, that, and the other thing. But man, they can't wait too long because you have to mitigate the fact of next season. They have to try, I mean, try to get this season in so you don't have to worry about it affecting next season. Here we are now. You know, it's the Ides of September. We are in the middle of the month. Uh, we should be several games into the season right now. And everybody knows the chancellors and the presidents are meeting and they've convened to you know, re-examine the decision. There's still no communication. There's still no competent PR strategy outlining what's being discussed, what factors, you know, what new information has come to light. If and when there will even be a vote, uh, it, it just it's maddening how incredibly disorganized they continue to look. Um, and at the end of the day, it, nobody knows who's speaking for whom, um, you know, and, and we're just left in the same situation we have been for the last month and a half now, just waiting for some clear voice to come out of the fog and just let these, let these people, and, and there's a ton of people that are being impacted by these decisions. Let them know what the heck they're doing here so that we can move onward. Uh, and just have some semblance of a plan. Yeah, I, I think one of the biggest questions that I keep seeing is is who's going to play? Is everybody going to play or are there going to be a majority of them playing? And I don't know that. I've seen reports that say if they play, everybody will play. But I, I just have a hard time imagining that Rutgers – will come out of that since because of where they are, because of how hard they, that area was hit with COVID in Maryland. Um, but who knows? Maybe they all will play. I don't know that. I, I, we're waiting to find out. The Michigans, there's been a flip-flop there. I've seen that the Michigan pre- president is now under an extreme amount of pressure. Uh, so not sure what's going to go on there now. Uh, but that's, that's the question, too, is uh, who's going to play? Well, and, you know, you talk about pressure. Make no mistake, every single conference, or I'm sorry, every single team in this conference is facing just an exorbitant amount of pressure, just from a fiscal standpoint. I mean, you've got, um, you know, several schools have already cut programs right now uh, or will be cutting in the future. Um, 
you know, it's it's just the reality of the, the financial situation that athletics departments have found themselves in. Uh, and, and, you know, the campuses as a whole, for that matter, because there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of uh, arrangements beyond just the, the TV contracts, just beyond the coaching and the internal administration uh you know, numbers that are in jeopardy here. Uh, you have all sorts of external partners who are either, you know, asking for refunds or just demanding pauses on, on contractual payments. Uh, it's just an absolute mess. There's no doubt about that. So the pressure is something that's omnipresent. I think all schools are, are facing that right now, uh, both internally and externally. You know, this is also elevated to the point where the, you know, the freaking president of the United States has weighed in, uh, as well as several state and, you know, even in local politicians so it's it's absolutely become a hornet's nest but then the day too you know you also have the pressure of you've got several campuses right now that are in mandatory quarantines uh where it's you know the the experts on campus have determined that it's in everybody's best interest if everyone just kind of shelter in place uh and not move about like they normally would even under these hybrid models they've instituted so there's all sorts of pressure going on right now i I don't know and this is probably something they're grappling with heavily right now how on a campus like michigan state uh or wisconsin for that matter where you have you know a suspension of campus activities do you then justify under the guise of amateurism, which seems to be the, uh, one of the biggest challenges that a lot of these conferences, or at least the Big Ten and the, the Pac-12 are facing, how do you ask these uh, these student-athletes to come out there and compete when the rest of campus is being told it's not safe for you to be out and about? So either way, though, it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Just communicate to the, to the uh, you know, at least to your parties. I mean, even if you're not telling the broader public, the one thing that's been clear from the start of this is they aren't even communicating with their member institutions. Uh, or at least internally, you know, the, the leadership is not communicating it adequately with their athletic departments, letting them know what's going on, why decisions are being made, what's being considered, and most importantly, what's the damn plan forward? Because I think that's one thing that that everyone across the country uh, in and outside of college athletics is struggling with. Let's get a plan. Let's put something together. Show me a, show me a path out of this or at least a path forward. Tell me what we need to do to make it happen. And let's lead, follow, or get out of the way here because it's time to start doing something. Yeah, Kevin Brockway's with us too, Chronic. I saw yesterday that uh, how would you like to be Jim Harbaugh? He has texted and reached and tried to reach out to his president. Has not had a conversation, to my knowledge, with his own school president. That that to me just is mind boggling. It, it it is uh, when you consider you know who Jim Harbaugh is, what what college football coaches have become in today's uh, organizational structures. At the end of the day, too, I think what uh, what a lot of folks are seeing in sharp relief right now is the fact that there's a lot of university presidents who you know they love the alumni dollars, they love the rah rah, the feel good, the homecomings, and all those optics that, that athletics creates for them. But at the end of the day, too, it's you know it is not core to their missions whatsoever. Uh, you see that across the Big Ten with so many people with science backgrounds, uh, you know, leading these schools. I, I, I think right now this is what you saw in the past with IU is, you know, they're viewing athletics more as a, uh, you know, something that causes them headaches, something that's problematic for them uh, from a public relations standpoint. And, you know, I think Harbaugh is certainly poking that bear uh, by making it known that, you know, he's not been in communication with the university president. At the end of the day, uh, it doesn't surprise me the least bit when you look at the way these organizations are structured and, and how they value the chain of command in so many places. It's uh, it's highly frowned upon when you go above your boss to your boss's boss uh, and, and air your beefs. So, um, surprise. 
surprising? Not really, uh, but it certainly makes for uh, just another layer of drama that the conference seems to be all too skilled at creating right now unnecessarily. Well, Chronic, you know, it's interesting. My background coming from the uh, SEC, I think they've always viewed athletics as kind of the front porch of the university in terms of enrollment and admissions and things of that nature. Um, are you surprised there's not more synergy with regards to that in the Big Ten with the, you know, academic administration and athletic administration? Or is that the way it's always been? I, you know, I'm surprised in as much as they've they've created a lot of trouble for themselves and the way they've handled this whole situation. You know, at the end of the day, and I, I think we've talked about this on the show in weeks past, you know, you look at Indiana University specifically, you've got an annual operating budget of $3.4 billion. Uh, and, and all of that is up in the air right now with, um, you know, with so much uncertainty as to whether or not uh, you're going to be able to get kids on campus, whether or not you'll be able to keep them there safely throughout the duration of the school year. Uh, I, I think there's just so many balls up in the air right now across all the, uh, the member schools in the conference that, you know, even though some of these budgets are massive, make no mistake, uh, just gigantic, they still are a small fraction of the overall operating budgets for these schools. Uh, but what they're seeing right now is it's, it's producing a disproportionately high level of of angst, frustration, and, and backlash for them. And I think in a lot of times, uh, at least in this conference, as you see athletics intersect with a broader institution, that's usually where that disconnect comes between leadership and the, and the athletic departments, is they love it when it's great, they love it when the publicity is good, but whenever anything turns on them, uh, they get awfully prickly in how they choose to manage those departments, those, those coaches' personalities, uh, and the issues within the athletic department. And I think you've probably never seen that um, so great, or at least to this magnitude, as you do right now. Uh, because like I said, you know, these schools are struggling just to keep the, you talk about the athletic department being the front door. They're, they're struggling to keep their house from burning down right now. So what's happened on the porch is probably of less concern to them than, you know, are we going to get sued if we have to send everybody back home? And where's that money come from? What's this look like? How do you continue to sustain operations at the institutional level when you don't have kids on campus? And right now, I think a lot of those issues are, are very definitely hanging in the balance, balance um, you know, league-wide right now. I could not agree more, Chronic. Thank you so much, as always, for joining us, man. I appreciate it. Look forward to it each and every Tuesday. I hope you have a great rest of your week. Hey, man, I hope next time we talk, we've actually got some clarity as far as what the rest of the fall looks like, man, because it would be a whole lot better if we had something fun to talk about. I know that much. Be well. I hope we're talking about football. Chronic Hoosier joining us here on Tuesday, as he always does on Indiana Sports Beat. Uh, Kevin, we're about to have to close up shop, but man, it has been another fun one. I appreciate you sitting in and uh, glad to have Mike on with us today as well. But looking forward to to what the break brings and we're waiting for when this vote happens. And the thing is, there's been nothing. I haven't seen any anticipation of when. Uh, we, we know it's going to be soon, but we're still waiting. Well, you know, as Mike alluded to, the, you know, I think it's going to be a big week, you know, not just because of, uh, you know, the potential football vote, but also, you know, college basketball uh, probably is going to come up with a start date this week as well. And uh, everyone knows uh, in the Hoosier State, uh, basketball reigns supreme. So at least hopefully you have that to look forward to. And uh, I think that, uh, you know, we'll at least, uh, you know, hopefully have some clarity on that issue and a, a plan in place for, you uh, you know, what's hopefully going to be a safe and fruitful uh, basketball season in terms of, uh, you know, uh, uh, and, and one of high expectations for Indiana, you know, and a lot of people are, uh, I know some people are a little prickly at number seven, but, uh, you know, maybe maybe they'll be better than that in big time this year. 
Yeah, we'll see if uh, Ryan asks about, or uh, yeah, Ryan from Whitlow Lake, Michigan, Texas, asks about athletic directors being involved. And uh, I, I think that they probably have a lot more involvement in this second round, but it's still the presidents and chancellors ultimately that are going to make their decision. But uh, we'll see how it goes. I mean, there's been no word of when uh, an anticipated vote is going to happen. We thought it might happen on Sunday when they uh, all, I guess, had a Zoom call together. But they're, they're not going to let us know what their schedule is. I understand that. But hopefully that happens sooner rather than later. And we'll be there to tell you about it. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, Kyle Nedrip is going to join us. We'll get caught up on uh, some high school football and uh, what's going on with that. Also, I think Dustin DePere could be sitting in with us as well. So look forward to that as well. So it uh, should be another one. Kevin, I hope you go out and have a great day. I cannot thank you enough. Look forward to doing it again next week. I uh, will look for and thanks to Chronic and Mike DeCourcy again as well. So I hope you guys go out, do something nice for somebody, wear your mask. And until tomorrow, I will see you on the radio. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.